Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy podcast. My name is Nate with We Know Fantasy, and today we have a ton of news to go through, a lot of happenings here in the NFL, and and the end result of fantasy football uh, leagues and whatnot throughout uh, everywhere. So joining me today, we have what seems to be our regular now, Meg. Meg, how are we doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me on again. Um, I had the day off. Uh, Happy Veterans Day to everyone. Just watching some Thursday night football and relaxing. Yeah, as Meg said, it's Veterans Day here, 11-11. So to those who have served, are currently serving, or will serve, we uh, very much thank you. And making his uh, podcast debut here on the We Know Fantasy Podcast Network is Mike. Mike, how are we doing today? We are doing great. Glad to hear that. Like I said, this is Mike's first time on a podcast, a long-time contributor of We Know Fantasy, several articles, and made a few appearances in the NFL draft, live streams we had, so it's nice getting him on a pod, finally. Before we hop into things, guys, let's go over our social medias. Meg, where can we find you on social media? You can find me at M-E-G-H-A-H-A-N. That's on Twitter, I believe, correct? Yeah, sorry, that's on Twitter. And then I have a personal Instagram account, which is at Megan Bramer, M-E-G-H-A-N-B-R-A-M-M-E-R. All right, Mike, where people find you on social media? Uh, Twitter is pretty much where it's at, at Mike underscore Watkins 92. And if you follow the We Know Fantasy account, which you should at We Know Fantasy on Twitter, it's from Facebook. Especially on Sunday mornings, both uh, Mike and Meg will be tagged in our Start Sit question thread that we start. So you can find their uh, tags there. And you can follow me, Nate, on Twitter at WKFNate. That's my uh, personal account here. We're transitioning over there a little bit. But let's hop into things, guys. It's a big week 10, a very busy week 10. We have some things happening, uh, some more... Uh, bad news coming out for some players, and we have some players moving, and just a lot of stuff going on. The biggest news happening today is probably the former Cleveland Brown and New York Giant receiver Odell Beckham Jr. has found his new home after uh, clearing waivers, being cut there essentially by the Cleveland Browns in that disgruntled happenings with uh, Baker Mayfield and the front office of Cleveland. Never really happened or gelled well there. Um, but now he's in Los Angeles. Los Angeles Rams, after getting Vaughn Miller, they go ahead and get Odell Beckham. This team is gearing up for a deep playoff run. So uh, we got to all the fantasy implications here. Meg, is there a big hit to, you know, like the wide receiver one Cooper Cup, the, the darling Robert Woods, even Van Jefferson coming on? Is Odell going to take some, take some work away from these guys? Right now, I'm... I'm saying no. Um, I I don't think this was as triumphant as what a lot of people are thinking. Um, you know, for for Odell to want to go somewhere where he'll get more looks, but also go somewhere that where the team is being a contender. Uh, I don't think you can have both, really. I mean, if you're gonna if you want to go to a team that is a contender that team's going to have an offense that is working and meshing already. And so to bring in someone like Odell, 
you know, I, I just, I don't see how he's going to really fit in well and, and get up there and, and take away volume from other people. If the Rams offense is already working, I mean, you've got Cooper cup, um, Robert Woods, uh, Woods. It took him a little bit to get involved, but now it seems like they've kind of cracked the code. Um, even Jeff Jefferson is doing a lot better now. And then you've got Higby too. And so I, I just, I don't see how Odell who hasn't really put up big numbers, you know, he hasn't really had an amazing season for like six years. I don't see how he's going to come in and just, you know, take away everything. I feel like it's going to take a little bit. Um, and so I'm not really worried right now. Um, if you have shares of cup or Woods or Higby, I, I really don't see a big, a big difference. Yeah, you hit on a few things there. It's going to take a while for this Matt Stafford to OBJ connection to really develop. But we have to assume something's going his way. But there always is that saying, there's only one football on the field, no matter, no matter how much talent you have on offense. So, Mike, you in agreement here with Meg, or you think OBJ is kind of a factor here to take away from some of these fantasy darlings? No, I mean, for the most part, I agree. I think if anybody's impacted, like, right away, it's probably Jefferson. I mean, they're going to put some kind of package in for OBJ. You know, maybe, you know, they give him a couple shots, maybe two, three times a game until he gets acclimated to the offense. Um, so, I mean, he might be impacted if you're in a really deep league and you're in a spot where you actually are, are playing Jefferson. Um, maybe as the season progresses, um, maybe it could hurt Woods a little bit. At this point, I feel like uh, Cooper Cup is pretty much untouchable, though. I think he's going to be the guy no matter who you bring in. You really have to be wary about like in-season acquisitions. I mean, it's really hard to take too much away from a guy that went through training camp with the team and they've kind of built that rapport together. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing him being a huge factor, um, at least for the first month or so that he's in the system. Yeah, and of course, he only signed a one-year deal, which would make him finish out this season, I believe. Um, so it's not like we're going to see a long-term OBJ from Matt Stafford connection. So it's more so he went to a team with the best chance of winning the Super Bowl without, uh, you know, really worrying about touches, in my opinion. So I don't think that really is coming for him. So if you're an OBJ owner, you're really not getting an increase here. You're actually going to go with a decrease uh, in volume and production. There just isn't enough of the ball to go around. And like Mike just said, these players have been playing together forever. Cooper Cup is a wide receiver, one in fantasy. Going to keep producing. Robert Woods is coming on. Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby. No, Daryl Henderson will still have his role in this offense. Um, there's just too much to go around here, and this offense is too powerful. They have one of the best defenses in the league, too. I think this is one of those things where he just joined the team to win a Super Bowl as, as quickly as he could, and the Rams seem to be that team uh, right now. Uh, I will say that I don't think you're going to see as much of a drop off in his production um, necessarily. I think, yeah, he's going to get a few less targets per game than if he stayed in Cleveland, but I think they're going to be more productive targets. Um, yep. He's not going to face any double coverage. Um, you know, he's going to face, you know, a lot of defenses that are on their heels. So he might get four targets a game compared to the six or seven he was in Cleveland, but I think they're going to be, you know, more productive. I'm seeing him as like a, you know, a, a three catch for 70 yard kind of kind of play with the touchdown, you know, every couple games. So I, mean, I don't think he'll fall off the pace that he was on, really. Yeah, let's be honest. It's an ACL tear there coming back this year. He 
wasn't really that productive in Cleveland. Uh, so uh, let's hope. I mean, maybe he could see an uptick because of what Mike just said there without double coverage and as possibly the third or fourth option in this offense could just see some good open receptions and, you know, make the most of it. Um, some more news here. What happened today, I believe, or today, uh, Cam Newton's coming home. Uh, Sam Darnold has a incomplete fracture of a finger. I think it's a finger or a hand. Something to do with that, uh, that appendage of, of sorts there. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold, uh, I saw a meme that uh, it said that Sam Darnold could even complete a fracture. It was uh, described as an incomplete fracture. So a little, <laughs> little comedy. There. I saw that too. Yeah, pretty funny, pretty funny. But, you know, Sam Darnold started this season really hot, was a quarterback one for a little bit, led the league in rushing touchdowns for like three or four weeks, and then just fell off a cliff. Uh, we thought it was the New York Jets, uh, you know, jinx there, getting away from Adam Gase, but maybe just he's not that good. So the team resorted back to uh, getting Cam Newton, one of the franchise's best quarterbacks to ever do it there in Carolina. They had, what's his name, P.J. Walker, I think that's correct, of the XFL. I think that's yep. where he was, and then he came in last year. He saw a little time last year uh, when Teddy Bridgewater missed a few missed a few games, but now Cam Newton's there, and and I guess Mike is Cam Newton the guy now in Carolina? He's coming in this week and has the role for us the season. Um, I don't see him doing anything for a couple weeks. I think they're going to stick with PJ Walker. I mean, you don't just learn a system that fast, especially when you're a quarterback. Um, but yeah, I think after that, once once Cam Newton is inserted, I think that it's Cam Newton the rest of the year. I mean, this is a good team, a good roster. They have some pretty decent wins on their on the resume, but just that Sam Darner really fell off the cliff there and really hold them back. They have some good players. You know, we have a DJ Moore, Meg. I know you're a big fan of him. Ugh, DJ no Moore. <laughs> no, Meg is a very <laughs> vocal anti-DJ Moore activist. Um, if, you're, if you were to see inside of our group chat, you would really know her dis- dislike for uh, the receiver there. But he's having a good season. You know, I uh, can't really take away there. But uh, Meg, what's your take here? Is Cam Newton someone that uh, maybe you should go and maybe target fantasy leagues? Uh, I agree with I agree with Mike. Um, I don't think he is going to start right off the bat. I think it'll take him a couple weeks to learn the offense and, and get um, acclimated. Uh, but I, I really don't see him coming in and turning things around and being the OG Cam Newton that he once was. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he <laughs> does any better than, than Darnold. Uh, you know, it, there, the past couple weeks, it it really can't get any worse than what Darnold was doing. But I don't know. I don't know what happened to Cam. I mean, he he couldn't. He hasn't been able to make it work um, for the past few years. And if anything, it might help uh, the CMC value just because you know he he just isn't the same Cam anymore. He's not as efficient, and so. You know, he may rely on dumping it off to McCaffrey, so that could maybe help McCaffrey's value. Uh, But if anything, just the, you know, the homecoming, him getting some confidence, he may have 
a couple good games when he first starts, but I just I don't see him maintaining um, the efficiency all the way through the season. Yeah, I mean, I'm not as out on Cam um, as most people are. I do think it's going to hurt uh, CMC in non-PPR leagues because um, I think you're going to be running a lot of read option. You're going to have a lot more eight men in the box. Um, so uh, I think that, you know, if you're relying on CMC rushing yards, that could take a hit. But I think that you are going to see an uptake in CMC out of the backfield. I'm just about to ask you, Mike, what do you think uh, Newton has left in the tank? Is this someone who is completely done and just the Carolina franchise being being good to one of their all-time greats, bring him in to, uh, I think they're going like $10 million for the rest of the season. It's a big chunk of change to bring in a, in a quarterback here. Just something that they're doing to please the fans, like they're attempting to do something, or is there actually something there for him to uh, put put forth for this team to make a playoff push? I mean, I think the Cam Newton of old is definitely, you know, a couple of years behind us. I don't think you're going to see that again. Um, however, I do think that Cam Newton is better than public perception right now. Um, you know, if you look at the situations that he's been put in the last couple of years, they haven't been ideal. Um, you know, going from New England, where he was coming off of a pretty intense shoulder surgery and then pretty limited with weapons, got acquired late in the offseason. So he missed some training camp. Then he gets COVID. Um, and from and all the reports I've seen, it, you know, he wasn't. You know, it wasn't asymptomatic COVID um, and then trying to come back from that. Um, and then even now, I mean, not that his situation is any easier stepping into a new system midseason. Um, so I don't think that he's been put in a situation that's really going to give him the best chance. But as far as wide, I mean, he is still, what, 32, 33? I mean, for a quarterback, I mean, that's not that old. There is a chance that he could bounce back and be – at least somewhat close to his former self, possibly. Um, but but no, I, th- I think he's still good enough to be a starter in this league. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm a big Cam Newton supporter. Like you said, he really was dealt with bad hand his last few, last few seasons in Carolina with the weapons and the, and the changing of coordinators and, and head coaches left and right. And from there, he went to, like you said, New England, where he did not have anything on that team to really – throw the ball to he did uh, had a few good performances of course he's gonna rush the ball uh rather well and whatnot that's just cam newton i think he has some of the tank like it's just a little bit to, for him to get back up to pace but uh with some of these weapons on this team cmc dj moore uh i'm a big terrence marshall guy i think he can have a little decent run man the season if you're a person who's been streaming quarterbacks this season and you're really just trying to find the week-to-week type of person you know, it, it really could be C or not CMC. It could be Newton down the stretch. And I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm really, I, I'm happy or I'm glad that Carolina really took this chance on him and brought him back. You know, as an all-time great for that franchise and just, just, to, it just, it's just heartwarming. Yeah, I like it. And also, uh, just one last note. I think that the current style of offense that Carolina runs is probably the best chance that he's going to have to succeed. Um, just because of the down the field offense, like you don't have to have the arm that you once used to, to throw the ball, you know, 40 yards down the sideline where that arm strength is really going to come into question is those, you know, 20 yard tight window over the middle kind of throws, which is what he struggled with last year with new England, because that's the kind of wide receivers that they had. And that's the plays they had to run. 
with DJ Moore and Terrence Marshall being able to be guys that run down the sideline, I mean, you could see shades of, you know, Calvin Benjamin, Cam Newton connections. You, you, so you could see a little bit of the magic that, you know, made him MVP a few years ago. There's a throwback there, Calvin Benjamin. Whatever happened to that guy? Gained 40 pounds. Wasn't good for him. <laughs> it was, we all saw those pictures. It wasn't good for uh, him. He, he joined most of us as we, joined, we gained 40-plus pounds, except Mike, who still is in his high school form. Oh, no, I actually gained 20. Wow, look at that. Growing up in this world. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of, like, the danger category. Like, I'm allowed to eat vegetables again. There we go. He's not just... <laughs> Down fast food left and right. I haven't seen these pictures of Calvin Benjamin. Now I'm really curious. Well, he signed with a tight end with somebody in the offseason and made it about what uh 40 minutes in his first practice before he got cut. Oh my gosh. You can imagine getting cut halfway through a practice. <laughs> Who signed him? <laughs> they don't even the wait for the practice to end. <laughs> yeah, it was a giant signed him as a tight end. As a tight and, end. He made it through one practice. Well, further than we would make it yeah probably maybe yeah. if i had you know i'm just not uh physically gifted enough i i have the hands and the physical abilities it's just not the height is not there yeah, you, you were always a long distance guy you weren't really the short sprint yeah. the field was you know uh you know 3.2 miles long or something like that maybe like i would just throw the ball deep and I'll go get it. All right. So uh, moving on from OBJ and Cam Newton, another big uh, story happening is the Dalvin Cook situation. This is uh, confusing. It's getting different reports left and right. Uh, we, what the speculation is that Dalvin Cook physically abused his girlfriend and then tried to have her cover it up in a way. I guess you'd say there's some picture surfacing from some DMs or some text messages about the league. We know what happened to uh, physical abusers in the past, what happened to them. If it is to come out that this is all true, which, again, I'm not saying it is. This is all accusations at this point. Uh, he, he would find himself out of the league. He'd probably be cut by the Vikings, and we'd have a Alexander Madison left or led backfield, which I like to see as a Boise State fan, but... Mike, where are we with this situation? I know you were uh, uh, sharing a lot of news there in our, in our group chat. What's happening here with Dalvin Cook, and what can we see going forward? I mean, that's really tough. Um, until we know more, I, I think it's going to be really, really hard to judge this one either way. I mean, the pictures are damning, right? Um, it, it's not a good look either way. Um. So I, I think this is a wait and see. I mean, I think they're going to play him until official charges are fi filed or something comes down from the league. I don't think the Vikings are going to do anything until somebody makes them do something. Um, I don't think it's going to affect his performance on the field. I think he's going to be as productive as he was until he can't play. So I, or, and that might not even happen. We don't really know. It seems like even Schefter's confused on this and he's got the best sources in the country. So it, it's, it's tough. Really, really tough to predict that one. Yeah, so, Meg, say that Dalvin Cook, you know, ends up being cut or sat or suspended for some nature. How do you view Alexander Madison for the rain of the season? Oh, I mean, I think Madison becomes immediately 
a low end RB one, a high RB two. Um, it's funny because we just talked about him last week uh, when we were talking about backup running backs and him being one that will give you instant gratification um, as a backup. I I think the people that have him and have kept him and have been patient, um, they're they're going to cash in with that. Uh, but I agree with Mike. I think it's kind of just wait and see. Um, if you do have Cook, I would maybe have a backup plan ready just in case and kind of just check the news um, at the last minute and just go week by week and see what happens. I don't think that there's enough right now uh, where any decisions are going to be made by the Vikings, the NFL. But yeah, I I don't think there's enough evidence right now. And if those pictures are real, then yeah, they're pretty damning. Um, and, you know, not to get into any con, con, cons, oh my gosh, controversial uh, conversation, but even if she did start the fight and got physical, uh, it's hard to think that as big of a guy he is that he couldn't have maybe handled it in a different way other than, you know, the results of what her face looks like. But, you know, you never know. We won't know until all of the evidence comes out. And it's hard to tell with the NFL because they seem to go all over the place with it. Um, with domestic violence. I mean, I, I don't know. I've always been kind of annoyed with how the NFL has handled domestic violence situations, but you've got some people that have not made it back into the league. Um, and then you've got people like Kareem Hunt who, you know, it took a couple years, but then the Browns picked him up and he's doing really well. So it, it'll be hard to tell. It's always the result. If you are productive, it seems you'll get another chance. We have a Randy Gregory situation, a Kareem Hunt, things like Tyree that. Tyreek Hill is the best example. Hill, there's that. You know, yep. um, but also Dalvin, Dalvin Cook has a has a uh, past with this similar sort of behavior, too, which isn't going to help his cause, even if he is the victim here. If it becomes a he said, he she said situation, being that he has that past of domestic violence, especially violence against women in the past, that's not going to help, you know, the hearsay. Yeah, not no. at all. And, and uh, in recent times, I guess the NFL has been stronger on that type of stuff, as they should be. Um, you know, if, if, if it were to be one of us, you know, I, I think our job would move on from us if we were to do something of this nature. If this is a backup, if this is, you know, if this is a... a a fringe player or a kicker or something like that. I think that he's cut already even before oh, all the facts come out. Um, but I think when it's a star player, then they wait as long as possible before the team makes a move or the NFL makes a move. Yeah, that is for sure. There's no doubt about that. Time and time again. So hey, this is the guy that was top 10 pick. And then, you know, he fell to the second round due to the college accusations. Yeah, there is that. There is that. Uh, we have quick to forgot that type of stuff has happened in the past with some of these players, you know, and most notably now Calvin or Dalvin Cook. I got to say, though, if it was uh, Mr. Karen Rogers, he'd probably just get a slap on the wrist. 
yeah, you know, five ten grand, you know, take away the royalties from half of a State Farm commercial, and that'll teach you lots. <laughs> yep. Sorry, I just I had to get one, I had to get one jab in it at Rogers. Yeah, we everybody gets Rogers uh, jab there. Well, let's move on to some bad news. Let's go to some good news here. We're going to name our mid-season fantasy MVP and our mid-season fantasy sleeper. Uh, kind of both the same thing, but MVP will go more of, you know, someone who, who was really doing what we thought they would do and maybe even more. Um, so we'll go Meg, go first. Who's your fantasy MVP this far in the season? My fantasy MVP right now is uh, the Rams running back uh, Henderson. It's not really a sexy pick, but, um, you know, for a backup running back uh, and someone that I I got like mid draft, um, it may be a little bit later than that. He's been really consistent. Uh, he's put up double digits um, almost every week, like higher double digits, too, um, except for last week. But I'm just going to wave that one because that was just a weird game overall for the Rams. But, uh, yeah, I've got Henderson as as my MVP, he's he's been extremely reliable all season. Yeah, that is a different way to interpret it, but I like that. He's I think the RB12 right now, something in that range. Like you said, he came in as a backup running back because of the Cam Akers Achilles uh, injury and really took over and really didn't miss a beat there. We expect Cam, or Cam Akers to be a top 10 type of guy, and Daryl Henderson really fought for top 10 numbers. So, uh, Mike, where are we at with our MVP this part of the season? I know it's not halfway because we have a week 17 now, so we, don't, we really don't have a, uh, an actual halfway point of the season. But past week nine, where are we at? I mean, I, I'm going to stick with the with the Rams. I mean, it's Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup was already rated to have a great season, but nobody expected him to be the number one receiver in the league right now um, in terms of fantasy and in terms of overall talent, really. It's not a route this guy can't run. I mean, there's not a corner that he hasn't been able to beat. I mean, it's been consistent week in and week out. I mean, Cooper Cup is absolutely the man right now when it comes to wide receivers. Um, I think it's really hard to, I mean, if if you're going to have anybody even compete with, with him for that spot, I mean, maybe Tom Brady for where you could have got him in the draft. I mean, the guy's still playing like he's 28, but uh, yeah, it's got to be one of those two to me. Yeah, Tom Brady is a quarterback one right now through the season. That's insane to think. But Cooper Cup has like 40 or 50 points over the wide receiver two thus far the season. It's absolutely insane. You're drafting this guy as a top 15 wide receiver. Not expecting these numbers at all. Uh, since you went Cooper Cup, I have to go somewhere out of the box. I'm going to go uh, – let's go Travis Kelsey, I guess. Just because really? – I'm going to go with it because of what you can get. What do you mean? <laughs> listen, listen. I'm going to go with because the difference between him and the and the tight end, too. If you were to draft him, you have a, an advantage well, there. Yeah. Oh, it's not. Well, if Kittle and uh, Waller had missed time, though. Let's see. He's 25 points over Mark Andrews. He's 35 points over Jacecki. Then, like, 50 points over four and five. Like you said, Darren Waller and... George Kittle were missing time, and George Kittle's been doing a lot of blocking early before he got injured. I'm just going with, you know, you took the clear answer there with Cooper Cup. I'm just trying to think of something outside the box and, you yeah, know, good. get here in the top five position of a tight end opposed to, you know, a, a top five wide receiver. Well, I'm going to go with this Tyreek Hill, wide receiver two. Uh, 
get in order to get Kelsey though, you had to take him what eighth overall or something like that. Is he really putting up eighth overall numbers? I don't. I as, as far as yeah, if you took the vacuum, yeah, Kelsey might be but compared to what he was expected to do. I think he's had a disappointing year. I'm not saying he's having the best year of his life because, you know, we would expect him and the Kansas City Chiefs to, you know, be dominating the league right now and just running all over everyone and, you know, scoring more than 144 fantasy points through nine weeks. Of course, we would expect more than that, but I'm just uh, trying to go a little bit different here than than most. I mean, we could go Tyreek Hill, who's wide receiver two, you know, 50 or 40 points by Cooper Cup is still clear. 20, 30 points above uh, wide receiver three, which is Jamar Chase, which, again, could be uh, consumed as an MVP because of you know, being a rookie and as a wide receiver, it's harder to judge in the NFL. I would have not argued with you if you would have said Jamar Chase. Wide receiver three, Debo Samuel, wide receiver four. And so. into, into account here when I was, when I was thinking this. I think he, I'm gonna... just, he just loaded the overall uh, fantasy standings. <laughs> Cooper Cup is the fantasy player number one, even overall quarterbacks. I'm going to step in and continue to be the um, group therapist and Mike, we're going to, we're going to respect Nate's decision, no matter how we feel about it. Nate, we hear you and we respect you. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be talking. Let's just move on to sleep right now. I would respect it if you went Homer and said Debo. I would have given you Debo. I wouldn't have bet. I wouldn't have said anything. But. Hey, hey, there. Let's just move on to our sleepers now. What's our, Let's go, Mike. You can lead us off here since you want to. You want to talk about my picks. What is your sleeper? Your top sleeper thus far this season. All right. Are we talking sleeper from what they've done compared to what we thought they were going to do I'm when the season started, or yeah. are we talking here on out? When you make when you draft your teams, the ADP and what they're doing at this point of the season. Hmm. I was I was interpreting this in an entirely different way. I was thinking sleeper from here on out. Um, that's what you have already. Okay. I mean, I mean, that's fine. Um, I'll go Cordell Patterson. That's very good. Yes, there is no way. I mean. He's not even drafted in 110%. Can you go above that? Yeah, I don't know if we can really debate that. Like, what's there to go beyond uh, currently a top 10 quarterback? What's he at? Wide receiver and running back. Wherever you want to put him. him. I don't play much, but he's what? Running back seven through nine weeks in the NFL season. Who would have projected that? We had people projecting Mike Davis as a top 10 running back, and here we go, a, a wide receiver, essentially, is a top seven running yeah, back. Yeah, you know, week, week four, I think it was, I traded Corderell Patterson away, in a very deep league, of course, um, for for uh, Claypool. And I thought I made out like a banshee, and now I kind of feel like the loser in that. I mean, it is dynasty, and I don't think that Patterson's going to be able to do this for much longer. I, I might be a one-year blip. It might be a Terrell Pryor kind of season for him. Um, but still, I mean, every every week I look at what Patterson did for the team against me, and then I look at what Claypool did for me, and it's like, damn. Maybe yeah. I didn't make out that. It, it's really surprising season. It's kind of one of those, and like you said, there's no one on this earth who projected this. I, I, if you claim you did, 
you're lying to yourself. You're lying to us. I have to, I have to say that unless you're like the biggest Atlanta Falcons fan possible and you personally attended every moment of training camp, you know, and you were to see how how good he looked. I don't think you can really say that. Oh yeah, I told you so. I mean, what is it? Can we can we can anybody like explain what it is? <laughs> that, what is words, I can't. Is it the offensive system? Did something click for him? Is it really that the coach just figured out how to use him? I feel like he's been in enough coaching. I mean, he's had enough offensive coordinators. That I, I, I find it hard to believe that this, he just finally found the guy that knew how to use him. Or is it just a pure seven? Thing? Yeah, I mean, is this just purely just um, due to opportunity? Or I, I don't know. I don't know. I was what first round pick from the Vikings. I believe he was right. Yeah, and he's been disappointing ever since. Yeah, made his way around a few teams and nothing ever happened. And then here we are, and he's yeah. I haven't watched any Falcons games this year. I'll admit that I haven't seen any tape. I just see the numbers every week, and I'm confused. Yeah, I'm not sure if anyone actually watches Falcons games, even their fans. I don't know if they do or not. What's there to watch? Maggie, you got anyone else here? Anyone we could go with besides Cordell Patterson? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is probably going to make people kind of tilt their heads in confusion, but uh, I'm going to go with Buffalo Bills tight end Dawson Knox. Um, he's been hurt for a little bit, but for someone that went undrafted, and for as up and down as tight ends can be, he's been putting up big numbers for a tight end um, for a few weeks in a row. And so, you know, I'm just trying to kind of get creative and think of people that aren't as obvious. And so he's he's my choice. Um, I don't know. Yep. I mean, I'm, I may t- I may prefer him over Travis Kelsey right now. I'm not really not really sure, though. Have Travis Kelsey at eighth overall, or Dawson Knox in the sixteenth round. Which one do you want? <laughs> no one for Dawson Knox to actually be relevant. I mean, he hasn't been relevant forever there in the Buffalo in the Buffalo oh, system. And like you said, you know, he was the tight end one at one point in the season, probably after week five or six, and he had a a bye week in there and missed a bunch of weeks with injury. Um, but yeah, Dawson Knox really a big surprise this season has probably you picture MVP as a guy that needed an injury to be better than Dawson Knox. <laughs> well, I mean, Dawson Knox is in like 12. Charles Kelsey's tight on one in PPR, uh, on ESPN, Kelsey is averaging 16 points and Dawson Knox is averaging 13 and Knox went undrafted. So yeah. Um, I think he's a pretty good sleeper. All right. Agreed. Whatever. I don't know why you'd be like this. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know where to go with this because of what you guys have already talked about. I mean, maybe a Michael Pittman Jr. I, I know he was not undrafted. He was drafted at least. And really, really made a run of things the last few weeks after finally catching the touchdowns. Uh, he's a top eight, I believe, wide receiver right now. Uh, really coming on when, uh, with Carson Wentz back and really playing some good football. 
was. Kind of a surprise there. We saw a little bit of it last year, but nothing nothing crazy and really coming on to things. But besides that, um, you guys really hit the nail on the head with a few that we did talk about. If we were to talk about this a few weeks ago, like you said, uh, uh, Sam Darnold, who led the league in rushing touchdowns at one point, that was pretty cool. I wasn't on that podcast. What was that? I'm glad I wasn't on that podcast. You know, week, <laughs> yeah. week five. I'm glad there's no receipts. Yeah, that uh, I may have said a few things about Sam Darnold and how uh, <laughs> I believe he'd be a good quarterback after leaving New York, but take those back down. The incomplete fracture just cracks me up. Yeah, that is pretty hilarious. Yeah, my, my wife's an MRI tech. She did not like the wording of that. That really cringed her. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I don't know. Uh, what does that even mean? Like, incomplete fracture? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I can't really go into things there. Yeah, they don't really know either. It's all scam. There you go. The United States health system. Scam confirmed. Confirmed. Um, I actually, I don't, I don't have a problem with your Pittman pick, though. I mean, yeah. it's uncommon for wide receivers to make a huge suckier jump as compared to other positions. So I wouldn't say it was like hugely unexpected because he was pretty highly touted coming out of college. Um, but he's exceeded that given the offense he was in and what they were expected to run this year. Um, yeah, I think Pittman has really been a huge bright spot for that team. Yeah, big surprise. Like the, the Colts were supposed to be you know, a, a real contender this year. And I don't think that anybody really expected it to be due to his, um, you know, you know, due to his taking the next step. Um, but if he didn't, then I think that you're looking at a, a five win team. If I, if, if, if it's not for that guy. And like I said, he, he started the season pretty slow. It's, it's been the last few weeks that really propelled him he was uh, getting chances but not scoring touchdowns with his with his opportunities, really making bad cuts in the middle of the field and getting tackled for the goal line. But now he just seemed to really click things here at the halfway point of this season and uh, getting things done. Usually how it is for wide receivers. The light well, just goes on. What are you talking about? With wide receivers, usually like once they get it, it's kind of like a quick thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, got, you, I got you. It kind of just comes in bunches. Yeah. I mean, a lot of other positions, like once they get used to the NFL speed, like you can kind of see them getting better and better every week. And before they get to like that, like legitimate elite status with wide receivers though, it seems like it's like a, just at some point in their career, light just goes on and then they just keep going from there. Yeah. I never really thought about that, but that is, that is correct. Well, all right, guys, that's it for this week's podcast. It seems uh, we're having some technical difficulties here. Um, be sure to follow We Know Fantasy on all forms of social media at We Know Fantasy, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, follow us there. Visit WeKnowFantasy.com for some more fantasy sports content, including fantasy hockey, basketball, football, you name it. We have you covered. Follow me, Nate, at We Know Fantasy, at WKFNate on Twitter. And Meg, wherever you find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter at M-E-G-H-A-H-A-N and Instagram at Megan Bramer, M-E-G-H-A-N-B-R-A-M-M-E-R. And one more time, Mike, where can we find you? Uh, pretty much Twitter only at Mike underscore Watkins 92. 
And of course, if you were to follow us, you can find those tags across our uh, tweets at We Know Fantasy. And uh, be sure to check back for a lot more fantasy sports content, fantasy football coming at you left and right throughout the rest of the season. And until next week, guys, we'll see you.